You're listening to Can I Help You with the love master himself, Craig Shoemaker. Hi, it's uh, Can I Help You, the podcast with Dr. Craig Shoemaker, and uh, we have a surprise guest, I guess you could say, that the reason you're a surprise guest is you're surprised that you're a guest. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. I have no idea. No idea you were in here. You just thought you were in picking up a check, signing a contract. Surprise. And then we said, hey, we're going to put you on camera. And uh, you didn't care that you're not camera ready. I love that. You, the, the, you, you're not vain anymore. Can I say anymore? Were you vain at one time? I, oh, my God. When I had hair. <laughs> I was so yeah no. There's a certain point you lose the hair and then it's all when, gone. When did that happen? Twenty seven. I I wonder I wonder about that because I really thought I was because headed you there. Have hair. Well, I was headed there. I thought, mm-hmm. and then uh, I remember Richard Jenny, this comic. He, he and I were sharing stories. This is way way back. We were brand new and young and. And I told him, I said, yeah, there's hair in my drain. You know, that's, I think that's how it starts. And I got this knock on the door. This is in Ohio, in the middle of nowhere. And he goes, shoo, let me see your drain. <laughs> he wanted to see if, if we were on the same level of losing the hair. And, it, and I just it didn't complete the baldness. And I thought about actually today. So it, how gradual is that? I'm sure you wanted to talk about this first thing in the morning. <laughs> it, <laughs> it's part of your surprise. When, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. When you have a family like mine, you have to go into acceptance very early. Really? Oh, yeah. Bald I mean, family? Because uh, it's all based on what? The, the mother's father? They say that, yeah. Right? And so I had older cousins. That yeah. I could look at and go, okay, this is what it looks like four years from now. This is what it looks like eight years from now. So, mm. so get over it now at eleven or whatever it was. Uh, you were already in acceptance. <laughs> yeah, I was this, like, uh, they just like, here's gonna, your future. Yeah, it was a live here and now. I had the Sean Cassidy mm-hmm. thing. I mean, it was beautiful. But I knew it was. And as a musician, by the way, this is Ty Stevens. Uh, oh, that's right. Ty I, I never did that. <laughs> that's all right. I I mess up on these things, so I don't do the traditional anything, including how I booked you. Is I say, come on over. Right. No, I love that. Come on over, and, uh, and and suddenly we said, hey, ha- have a seat, and <laughs> we have a microphone and a camera in front of us now. So uh, Ty Stevens has been in the music business for probably thirty years, maybe more. A little bit more, but yeah. A little bit more, and uh, you could say, though, your entire life, because I'm sure you started at a very early age. <clears throat> not as early as you would think. 17. That is not... You right. are correct. Yes. Um, you always think the prodigies, or it's starting at six years old, uh, you know, even if they give you a triangle. <laughs> that's right. That's all I could do, by the way, when I was a kid. <laughs> I Well, I was a recorder guy. I, the, the handout flute? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I love that you call it a recorder. I just thought there was this piece, it was a piece of shit. It is. Handout flute that we would get. The poor kids got those. It, it, that's right. Were you a poor kid? I was a poor kid. Oh. I, no, I lived in a one bedroom apartment with my mom. There you go. That's yeah. Me. So single mom as well. Yeah. But you got the, the, the triangle. I didn't get the triangle. That's how poor I was. The, <laughs> just, just the recorder. No, no. We were poorer than you. The oh. triangle gets to dish. 
out to oh. the really poor. Oh, that's there's when you think about it. One is triangle. a triangle. Well, right. I mean, yeah. think about it. The flute. I mean, at least you're playing something. A triangle. You wait the entire song for. Right. And they told him, pum 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 ding. That's hilarious. Nailed it. Nailed it. That's hilarious. It's, it's true. <laughs> I, it's actually a little bit of pain, quite frankly, because I love music, and I never did the music because we couldn't afford it. Yeah. I mean, we were, we were poor. Yeah. So your first, what was your first instrument? A guitar? That's the standard. First real instrument. Yeah, it was all based on like a Freudian thing. I had done acting in, in the school plays growing mm, up. Yeah. And I was Tony in West Side Story in junior high. Oh, my God. Me and too. And that brought me a lot of attention from girls. Yeah, oh, yeah. And I thought, That's a motivator. Oh, uh-huh. I want to be an actor. Not so much because I love acting, but because I love the byproduct of whatever that thing is. That's, that's a lot of people's inspiration. Yes. I wonder if women... I'm going to have to ask a woman that, if that was ever your inspiration... You know, are you going to get attention from? Yeah, it's not. Is it? <laughs> I don't let, think let, so. Corey, never even a never even a thought for you, right? When you're growing up, I'm going to get into something that dudes will pay attention to me. No. Yeah, I, and even women dress for other women. Absolutely, and, and fashions about other women. And Absolutely. Yeah. We're not we're not going around going look at the. Uh, Look at the, the look at those uh, capri pants she's wearing. <laughs> we're not thinking like that. So I guess yeah, thinking out loud, right. we were motivated. <clears throat> but I want to get back to Tony from West Side Story. <laughs> okay. Um, Do I, you know, I was told. Now you're a musician. Yeah. I was. I went away to college, mm-hmm. and there was no way the sports career. So that's the other thing is you do sports. But yeah, you got into I, play, I, but you got into plays though. Th- those are your choices. Yeah, no, it was, into plays because a. Most of the guys were gay, right? The other actors are gay. Sure. What do you mean, sure? Like, I'm not telling the truth. No, no, no. I, I, we were a little on the young side to be really figuring it out. It was junior high. So it wasn't like anybody was like, hey, what are you doing after this? And then I was invited to take a bubble bath. It was just, <laughs> you know, you just kind of had a feeling. But... You know. And I'm sure if you stayed in touch with them, a lot of them turn out to be gay, right? So it puts you... Right. So if you're on a football team, for instance... Everybody's... You're right. like the third string you know, tackle that nobody talks to. But here, you go to first string on the, on the, the attention scale with girls, right? Right, right. Straight yes. guy, right. Straight guy. You got that going for you. And if you can carry a tune, you, you got that going for you. You're getting attention. That's another thing, right? Yeah. Loved it. I loved it. So did I. I understand. So I wanted to ask you this. So I went away to college, and I had never done a play, never done anything, because I get my ass kicked in Philly, but now I can start over, right? Mm-hmm. They gave me, they said that what the Something's Coming from West Side Story is the hardest song for a male to sing. I would completely agree. You do? I, well, I was going through puberty when this thing happened, so forget it. Could be. Yeah. <laughs> Who yeah. knows? Yeah. I mean, it was horrible. It was horrible. As what far a, as, yeah. And of course, uh, you know, we're all in junior high and, you know, poor kids. It's not like anybody's transposing music for you because you're suffering. Right. They're like, well, we have it in this key, and that's the only key that we can do it in. So, <laughs> the, so fuck you. When you're poor, you only get one key? Uh, I never that's, heard that That's before. right. That's right. Yeah. We didn't have key we, rings. We, we just had a key. <laughs> we don't have tuning forks. We have a tuning ladle. That's what we use here because we, because we got them on yeah. sale. I, I was not aware of that. 
I went away to college and did that, and I'll right. never forget that he gave me the wrong cue line. He says, I'm sure something's – not something. Somebody goes, I'm sure something's bound to come up. I'm going to Ed Ball. And I drank like crazy before the oh. performance. And all of a sudden, this I hear this – we only one piano. And I'm going, I don't know where to come in. And all of a sudden, this feeling came over me, this warmth. I full-on pissed my pants. Like, oh. like full on gigantic. And they were just like these pants. They were beige. So you this is a, talk about the spot. I had a spot on the spotlight and the entire place starts howling, laughing. And it came out. Could be. It was like, I was, <laughs> but every time I would, because I, I couldn't remember the words. There were so many different words. It's, it's different. Uh, what makes it a difficult song, Ty? Why is it a difficult song? Well, firstly, Can you explain to people? I, I, I need like a five-octave range. They told me I needed I, that. There's that. There's the rhythmic aspect. Yes. Uh, it, yeah. You know. Yes, it's coming, something good. If I can wait, something's coming. Don't know when, but it soon catch the moon. One-handed, One-handed catch. catch. Exactly. So, Around the corner. I'm just afraid he's going to piss his pants. Uh, <laughs> so... So as what would happen though is oh the God, words the words are very confusing though because yeah. is, is this the catch line is it the moon line it's the so when whenever I knew the line I would belt it out but all the other times I would go something's maybe if I stand still if I can wait around the corner or whistling down the river come on deliver so I'd be figuring and this a out comedian all, was and I'm born. drunk exactly. <laughs> I can't believe you just said that. Oh I haven't sung since. Well, I'm just saying. I, like, I, I'm so afraid of singing that uh, I, I, I'll sing on a comedy stage. That's as best I'll do. And then people oh will go, God. you have a very good voice. <laughs> but she's great because I, I can fail and have nobody say that, and I don't care. That's, but, uh, yeah. I mean, well, I start in Wet Side Story. That's why. <laughs> You know, I mean, I'm so happy. I, if anything <laughs> happened today in our interview, I now have a title of my story, which I've been telling stories a lot lately. Uh, you know, it's Wet Side Story. Yeah. <laughs> wet Side that's Story. Been, that's been. I, I, you know, sometimes you have to have somebody else's eyes on it. And I, real, I never tell that story because it's the most embarrassing thing uh, ever. I, you know what, though? It's, it's endearing now. Right, because I think it wasn't t- five minutes ago. You were actually in pain. At least. <laughs> no, no, <I> was... <laughs> when you were hearing it, you, I saw you were wincing. No, it's more because I, I put myself in it, and yeah. I'm like, oh, that's horrible. But like the older we get, you know, there, there's a, a sense of bravado that we've learned through life, right. and then for, for us to kind of, I'm going to break it down for a minute. Okay, break I it. Down. my pants, you know, and then somebody goes, it's all right. I mean, that's what I spent most of my time doing when I was drinking. So there you go. You know, See, at least you had an audience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. You laugh hard enough, the whole thing falls apart. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. It is. It is something though that we all come from those pains, right. which causes us to be artists right. many times. But I am surprised that you, your pain didn't come till seventeen. <laughs> Where you made this? Oh no, no, decision. I, I no, I had the pain the whole entire time, which is probably why I wanted the attention. Yeah. Period. And I went to Fairfax High. Oh, in in Los Angeles, where yeah. a lot of a lot a lot of stars came out of there. 
a lot. I right. went. I mean, I went to school with uh, junior high with Slash. Yeah. Wow. There's a musician. Now, was he a musician back then? Yeah. Or was he a late bloomer like okay, you? Okay, no, I'm going to tell you. He a, caught on the, the guitar thing early. I'm going to tell you a quick story. I, I'm, I'm in seventh grade. I think he's two years older than I yeah. am. <clears throat> he's in ninth grade. I, I get the pass to go use a restroom. Mm-hmm. He's in the middle of the quad by himself, obviously ditching, Yeah. playing guitar, just in the middle of the quad. And my thought was, at seven years old, this is how pragmatic I was. I was like, this poor fucker. <laughs> what is he going to do? I get it. Like, you got the hair, you, you play guitar, everybody thinks you're cool. What's going to happen when school's over, though? What are you going to do? <laughs> you, That's what I'm thinking you to myself. You sound like a guidance counselor. Totally. Or a parent. Totally. You're already thinking like a, like, yeah. like a great uncle. What uh-huh. are you, you going to... Now, what's... You know, uh-huh. you better get in there and study your algebra because there are a lot of people that make a lot of money with algebra. A lot yeah. of chicks. A lot of chicks with math. I don't know how many women I know. Yeah, no, said, I, hey, yeah, it's a big magnet. Kent Griswold can really do the fractions. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's nobody. Right. No, they're after the musicians. So he was smart. He was like Nostradamus back in. How old was he when he was in the schoolyard? At, oh, in ninth grade? So he's got to be grade. 15 okay. or whatever. So he's 15. Oh, yeah, that's the age where. Oh, forget it. That guy now, was, were girls surrounding him in the schoolyard who were also ditching? Well, he was dating Michelle, which there's a song called My Michelle. It's a big song of theirs. I'm such a cornball. I'm going, oh, my Michelle. No, it's, that's a different. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah no, no, not the Beatles. Okay, uh, this, this is a different Michelle like, song. It's my, 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 my Michelle. Uh, but it's, right. it was a big, huge song of theirs, and it was based on our uh, friend Michelle. Oh, so, and you knew Michelle too? Mm-hmm. Oh, he got her, and you didn't, because oh, she, she was wasn't older. going to your play. <laughs> No, no, it's all groups. She was with the people that were smoking weed and stuff, and I was, yeah, I wasn't quite there yet. You weren't, oh, you started late with the weed. Uh, Yeah, and And, and, I I didn't do well with it either. I was scared. Oh my God, we have so much in common. I can't believe we got West Side Story in common so far. We've got insecurity, and that's how you became an artist, trying to get, trying to get girls. Yeah. And now we've got this. Yeah. Yeah, that, I, I mean, I was scared. Like every time I, I smoked, it was pot, complete was, paranoia. Oh my! It was horrible. Can can you guys hear my heart? It's weird, right? Like you thought that they could hear your heart. Yeah, yeah. How it was pounding. Oh my yeah. god! I it, mean, it was horrible. I, but I kept trying. It was like a drummer was inside of <laughs> you, a loud but, drummer. But 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 like a drummer that was throwing shoes in a dryer. <laughs> like. Heart palpitations. Do you remember the the um, the most paranoid you ever were? Like some situation you were in. I'll bet a girl was involved too, because that always upped the level. It was either it was a girl involved or a guy who was going to hurt you physically. Those were the, my two. You know, the embarrassment of the girl. Now, paranoid. are you just talking about in general, or are we talking about with weed? No, with weed. With oh. weed, I remember those two things. It was either a guy who was going to hit me with the bong. Or the girl was going to, you know, think I'm an idiot. You, do you I, have any I, memories I, of that? Because I, I mean, mine are really strong. I, I still I just remember have them. One that was horrible What's it was that? the first time. You know how you smoke weed the first few times you don't get high, right? Right. So you're thinking, oh, I know, I totally, I smoke, I smoke weed, I smoke weed, and then you get high that first time, and you're like, I, 
I don't smoke weed. I hate it, you know. <laughs> and I, I went running home. I got home. I was scared. I called my girlfriend at the time. Yeah. And she said, whatever you do, just don't go to sleep. Now, what? still to this day, I don't know why she said that. <laughs> and I was like, I'm so tired. I just, but if I go to sleep, I'm probably going to die. <laughs> or I'm going to be insane for the rest of my life. So I called my right. mom. That's what I thought, yeah. too. Yes, you're going to be absolutely, this is going to be yeah. your permanent state yes. of being. Exactly. Is these thoughts and these fears. I, oh, my God. I can't yeah. believe. So my mom called the ambulance. The only, she did. Mm. She, so your first. One of your first highs the, ever. The, the very first time. Very first time, yeah, that it worked. Uh-huh. I'd be paranoid for the rest of my I life. I forget That it. the ambulance is on it its, its way. It's ridiculous. But it didn't stop you from smoking more. Or anything else that was put in front of me. No. Exactly. No. So, but isn't that odd, though, that you would think that we would learn the lesson, right? Mm-hmm. That we would learn a lesson like you'd say, oh, that was the worst experience I could ever have. An ambulance came, but it still wasn't a bottom for you. Now, I want to hear, if we have this in common, your motivation to keep going, even though you know that it's not working. It, it did not work. It did not serve a good purpose. Uh, you're talking about like weed, weed and yeah, all? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, just weed, because that's a whole other deal right, than right, alcohol right, and everything right. else and Coke and all the other things we've had a lot of. But weed in particular, I... what made you keep going back? Besides just an addictive personality. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, besides the addictive person, I, I mean, it was uh, real base. The, 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 the people that smoked weed yeah. always seemed cool. Like they had their shit together. Like they, yeah. they, like they just... There it is. There's our other thing in common. Yeah. I thought to myself, how can I be that? Yeah. They always seemed so calm and serene and smarter, funnier even. Yep. And I aspired to be that. And I'm going, this is the vehicle to do it. Yeah. Maybe I had bad weed. I don't know what it was. So I know I see when you're poor, that's the other thing. You have really bad weed. Oh, well, I think it was probably to my benefit that I had bad weed. Why? Is that to your benefit? Because then I'm not getting really high. You know what I mean? It, it was oh. dirt weed. It was, it was as opposed yes, to like. But you, didn't you have those other methods of getting high? This is how you make the cheap weed better. I'm going to give you all these tips now that you okay, don't smoke, yeah, great, smoke weed. Great. Perfect. Well, first of all, there was shotgunning. Right, right, Remember right. the shotgun? Yes, yes, of course. Where your, your friend would put the uh, joint in their mouth, fire inside their mouth, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then they would have a little bit sticking out, and it would go up to you, right? Yeah. And what would they do? They'd blow it they, as fast bl- as they hard, <laughs> fast. Direct into your... We're still talking it was about a direct, weed, right? Yes, it was a direct yes. tunnel... To the lungs yeah. and to the brain, yeah. right? There was that, and then there was the, um, there was also the bag. We'd have a brown bag. Oh, Jesus. And then just, and then we just, <laughs> with the brown right, bag, and, right. that, and that helped. Serves two, two purposes when you're about to hyperventilate. And, <laughs> but that's right, that's right. the thing. It's basically, I was just hyperventilating, but I would, I would say it was because of the weed. Right. Because you know, right. I paid for it. I paid it, you know. Remember nickel bags? I do. Well... Those I were was, $5. I was, I was a dime bag guy. Oh, you'd always have dime. Well, dimes, nickels, yeah, yeah, I don't, quarters. I mean, we were poor, but like you said, you got the triangle, you got the nickel bag. <laughs> I got the recorder, I got the dime bag. Yeah. It's funny. Well, I, it did never served me, no matter how. Each time I tried, I go, this will make me smarter. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it never worked. No. 
So, by the way, do we need to turn to the camera, do some sort of a clarification that uh, clears us of, uh, what do they call that, the end? When you make those public service announcements, like, don't do this at home. The or more something. you know. The more you know. <laughs> oh, remember those? Yeah. The more you know. The more you know. I'll know a lot more if I get laid. Right. <laughs> because that's the goal. Yeah. Oh, that was the goal. So, so it's 17 years old. You start. Well, because I went to Fairfax, the, the acting wasn't considered cool anymore. Oh, oh, I know. High school. So you were saying like in Philly, right? In Philly, it was it was the gay guys, right? And uh, or really, really geeky, ugly, you know, guys, right? So that's how you. That's yeah, that was it. And you, yeah, you couldn't wander in there. I don't know about Fairfax, but you get beat up. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh really? Oh yeah. It was a yeah. rough school. So uh, I, my dear friend uh, Jason Nesmith, son of Michael Nesmith from, from the, the monkeys. monkeys. Wow. Also a lot of money. With Whiteout. Oh, Jesus. Oh, right. That's exactly right. That's yeah. funny. Mike that you Nesmith know that. of the Monkees, his, his mom, his mom. Yeah. invented Whiteout. He never had to be the musician Ever. with the little beanie. Ever. You're still wearing the Nike, Mike That's Nesmith right. beanie today. Obviously. Big fan. So, so his son is there with you. Yep. Also a musician? Yeah. And he was great. Really? He was a year younger and he was awesome. And he had, you know, I, I saw that the way people looked at him. Again, the inspiration, I want that. I want the, the adulation. I want all that attention that he's getting. Mm. So we, we were friends, and he helped me learn, and I studied my ass off. You did? Studied. Which, which instrument? Guitar. Guitar. But so I took you... theory right away because I was still yeah. know, a little funny in the head. So, the... so wait a minute. They had musical theory class. Not in school. And not in school. No. You're doing this after school? Mm-hmm. It, yeah. And what sort of a program was that? It was just a, just a single teacher, just once a week sort of thing. Oh, I see. So you went to the teacher. Like we had George Britton right. guitar. Right. I, st- I still remember that, too. I, I tried the guitar, too. But the, the, I don't know what happened, how I, you it, ca- stayed with the passion. Do you think you're born with the musical ability? Because I have an ear, but I don't have fingers I don't know. Work. I'm the first one in the family. I, okay. Never, no one, no yeah. one played, so... I don't know. Again, how much of it is inside of you and how much did you end up, uh, it was from how much passion you had for it? I really do believe, I mean, if you look at the number of people that come out of the uh, Bancroft Junior High School, Fairfax mm-hmm. High School. Yeah. I mean, you have Rami Jaffe from the Wallflowers. You have uh, the guys from the Chili Peppers. Like three out of the four original members were... I think from Fairfax, you had, um, what's his name? Uh, Alpert, Herb Alpert was from Fairfax. You have, it it keeps going and going. I mean, the guys from Warrant, the, um, I mean, it it just, Tracy Guns, all these people that were huge, you know, growing up, especially. So there might be something in the water in that area. That even if you weren't born it, with it, you well, just... it is its environment. It's what you're yeah, around. I exactly. mean, so if you didn't have access to those people, if you went to my high school, way of the Johnston I'd brothers, suck. the Johnston brothers were very good at country. Okay, and which well, was thought... odd because it was in Pennsylvania, but there were the Johnston brothers. That was it, though. When... See, at first when you said Johnson, yeah, I was thinking like, oh, Lewis Johnson went. Oh, you went to school with Lewis Johnson? No, I did not. Okay. I did. <laughs> Like, John Stunt wow. Brothers, though they were they were the only ones that I think came out of out of our high school, but I I think it's the environment. It's like what you're around. 
I mean, think about it. I'm thinking out loud now. Yeah. If you're in Texas, mm. right? Right. Football. Right. You're surrounded by football. Now, you could live in Alaska and never be a professional football player because that's not what's around you. That's not right. what's encouraged. That's not how you get laid. Just a you professional know? drinker. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> Which we all thought about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. How many times did you hitchhike home from there? Did you ever, ever have those late nights where you just get lost and you end up in some place that you don't know where you are? In the days of no Uber, it was called hitchhiking. Yeah. yeah. Dangerous. I had a couple... Couple, yeah, yeah. Like, like near death or yeah, or just near d- d- trafficking something. I right. mean, we, we we were a bunch of good looking little kids, and we grew up in that area that yeah. was like you know, kind of people like little kids that were cute. Yeah. So well, you had that issue too. God, we have another one in common. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah it was I was crazy. kidnapped. No. Yeah. Oh, is that so? Here we are. I'm at the lowest rung of the of the, Holy <laughs> at the lowest rung again. Yeah, I was kidnapped by a serial pedophile when I was uh, 13. Holy shit! Yeah. I'm so glad you're okay. Yeah, oh, I'm I'm way okay. I, I talk about it because I hid it for years, which probably led to more drinking and, <laughs> and wow. using. But uh, uh, yeah, I'd love. Uh, I don't say I love talking about it, but I'm so free that I do love to share right. the freedom. That is found when you, uh, just like you found your freedoms. Wow. From, um, you, stopped, uh, you stopped drinking and using how many years ago? 18. Uh, well, I shouldn't say 18. Uh, April 1st. It'll be 18. Well, you should, you, I would assume you'll make it. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's this coronavirus. I mean, I can't really get out. So, you know. Yeah, yeah it's even worse. Do you have, by the way, do you have booze around your house? No. Do you don't? No. But my wife's sober, too. So. Oh, Okay. Well, what do you do when people give you? I just have um, someone just sent me twenty bottles of wine. <laughs> I was like, think, what am I going to do with this? I mean, I, I, I guess I give them a big thank you, and then I start handing them out. Yeah, right. Well, those are your those are your gifts when you're going to someone's home. That's what I do. I have That's a whole it. storage. That's why I asked you if it was around because mine is around. Because, I can't wait for Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, so yeah. During the year, if you're assembling or accruing these, you know, bottles. The people don't know or understand, you know, eventually they're going to be re-gifted. Right. Yeah. So in the meantime, though, what do you do with them? You know, in a safe? <laughs> well, okay. So, so growing up, I think you were, right, you, you poor. Yeah. And now I think you're, you've got more money. Like, like, I can't quite hit that. We're not quite in sync yet with the money. So you get all the expensive wine. I don't, I don't get those gifts. People don't give you expensive I don't, wine? I don't, I, don't get, I don't get the wine or anything Wow. Like that. Yeah. Well, the person you're doing music for my new show called Wolfpack, right? Mm-hmm. The guy that sent me the 20 bottles oh. is the leader of the Wolfpack. He's so my if, co-producer. If he digs the music, If I he make... digs your music, you might get 20 bottles That's of wine. Awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. No, it's not awesome, apparently, because you won't have it around your house. I mean, what would you do if those 20 bottles showed up at your door? I would immediately start handing them out. Just, just handing them out. Well, I, neighbors. You, you don't you want know. to give it to a wino, do you? Or, yeah. No. Yeah. What, no. Now, what, here's an, here's something. That, neighbors. An interesting question, yeah. in my opinion. We'll see if it is. If you think that someone is a drunk, mm-hmm. an alcoholic, mm-hmm. that you really and once in a while, I believe that someone is. I. Yeah. They've got you know. You don't want to judge, and it's up to them right. to figure it out. That's but you just know. You mm-hmm. see the patterns. You recognize yourself in them. Would you give them a bottle of wine? No. No, you wouldn't. Yeah. 
No. I mean, I know that in, there's one theory that you're helping them get there quicker. <laughs> you're, you're helping them bottom out quicker. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I, you know, it makes me sad. That's what, what happens now is when I see that I'm around that or if it's a friend, it, it, it like hurts me for them. And so I don't want to. I never thought about that. So you could help them get there faster. Yeah. So if someone's a sex addict, you would give them like a, uh, a hooker with herpes. That's right. You might get there faster. <laughs> That's right. I'll help you hit bottom. Oh, you're good. Here's your bottom. <laughs> He's walking around going, oh, I'm itchy. <laughs> Well, you might have wanted to thought about yeah. that before you had that hooker that had <laughs> with the <laughs> with the herpes active. Anyway, <laughs> active herpes. Yeah, here you go. She needs she needs some love. So uh, you so you started in a band. Did you have a band? Everybody's yeah. got to have a band, man. Yeah. That's where you really get the attention. So I started at seventeen, got signed at twenty two. Oh, man. so that's how quickly I was I was studying so hard. And we got signed um, by Jimmy Iovine, who was with A&M at the time. Mm-hmm. And he had done, like, uh, The Wallflower. I think he had signed The Wallflowers. But um, U2, John Lennon, um, those Hollywood Knights, uh, Bob Seger. I mean, Tom Petty. Yeah. Huge. Well, A&M, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, get much bigger than that. And, th- and then we got dropped and stuff, because that's what happens. Um, well, listen, you had it at one time. I when they it. sign you, do you get money upon signing? This wasn't this wasn't that kind of... It was like, we have first right of refusal. You're going to go in and you're going to use our studios for free. We're, we're cultivating. This yeah. is back in the days of cultivating. Mm-hmm. And Oh, yeah, that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, and within nine months of being cultivated, they... And, we, you know, we blew ourselves up. Basically, yeah. we did. We blew ourselves. That was that band. You yeah. didn't have any other bands after that? You went no, to the other side I of... I went to the other side. I became uh, the hired gun sort of guy. Yeah. Folks, if you're listening now, I don't mean the other side like he went to the devil, <laughs> but the, went to the other side. But you, you're the other side of, the, as they say, the camera in yeah. show business or oh, well, in, in I acting. Stu- but... I still stood in, on stage. You did. But I was the guitar player that was hired for Hilary Duff or hired for Mandy Moore or hired for Ali Najay or, you know. You were that guy? Yeah. Man. And you were a studio musician. Yeah. So you didn't necessarily want to be in a band or maybe you did. God, no. Wow. Because no, of all uh, that yeah. comes with no, it. Yeah, no, forget it. Well, first of all, you all have to get along. Mm-hmm. And people are wondering why you don't and why you're not back together because it hurts their feelings. Right. If you break up, if a band breaks up, everyone's hurt by it. Right. So now, do you know, are you personal friends with any bands that we would know? Like pretty close with a certain band? Like Uh, who's the closest band you're with? uh, Well, Rami Jaffe from the Foo Fighters. Yeah. One of my dear friends growing up. I've known him for over 30 years. So you're friends with all the Foo Fighters? No, just him. Uh, but I'm invited when he's in town. And my kid, uh, eight years old, is just in love, in love with those guys. Yeah. So Rami's such a sweet. But they break up now and then and for years, right? No, not yet. The Foo did some I, fighting? I, I, no. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think so. Oh, they're, not think, real, they're not real Foo Fighters. They're not real fighters. They're Foo. Really? They're Foos. Wow. I, didn't, I thought they broke up all through the years. No, no. It's, they've been going. I, all right. Well, I, yeah, no, I, that shows you what I know. No, it's, it's okay. It's the, the fighters. It, 
it's confusing. Uh, okay. I so you, you where do they live? All the Foo Fighters mostly like here. Seattle. Oh no, okay. I think they. I mean, I think you start off in Seattle and it's raining and stuff, and then you think yeah, you right, know, California. Where where do you when you see a certain sound coming into the you know mainstream? What are your thoughts? Are your thoughts? I need to adjust to that sound, or this one's going to go away. Or do you have an instinct this one's going to hit like the grunge when that happened in Seattle? What's well, going through you? Because you're now, you know, you got your groove, you got your specialty, right? I and mean, that obviously is not now that I'm a, a, pro- a producer. Yeah. Um, oftentimes, I get somebody that comes in and says, "This is what I want to sound like," and they'll play the thing mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. And sometimes I find it really inspirational and cool and interesting. You know, like somebody will bring me something, Billie Eilish. And I'm like, wow, that's interesting. Hmm. I mean, it's like I get the the derivation of where she comes from, but then there's all these cool sounds. Cool. And then there's some times that they bring some stuff that I'm like, oh, God. You know, just because musically I just, it's not my thing, but I... Well, bring, bring us through the last few decades of different sounds that came out. New sounds that came out. Uh, the, the first one I think of is that changed for me is when grunge. Grunge, right. That was really different. And then there was new wave. Right. 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 New age. I mean, that's a whole other deal. <laughs> I, but, but there's, I there's happen to one, like suit new age, by the way. But what's I, funny is, do you know... I'm into Enya. Do you know an artist named Mindy A. Bear? Yeah. She, she and she I what? have been working together for years before she got signed, after she got signed. I just finished her last record. Um, when I say that, we were writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have four or five songs on her next record. That's and, awesome. And that's, that's a totally different thing than the super pop thing that I was doing. So, yeah, it's funny that you like that stuff. Um, I actually do. And I'll have to bring her in at some point. Oh, I'd love that. She's one of my dearest, dearest friends. I love her. I, you know, I just, I'm, I'm, I kind of admit sometimes when I, I don't have the biggest fears I had in high school that you'd be beat up for even saying that. Right, right, right. Well, that I've got Enya, all of Enya's albums. At this point, <laughs> for a bully to like, beat us up with the coronavirus, I mean, that's a lot of effort, right? <laughs> they got to get in their car. They got to, you know, it's... I thought you were going to say at this point in our lives, like, who's beating anyone up? Like, but, but no matter how old we get, we still have those scars from when we're younger. It's true. It's you, true. You know, the humiliation, the paranoia, even though I don't smoke pot, it's still there. It's just not as severe. It's, you know, for me, it's less being bullied. And it's, um, I, I know that there's like some sort of PTSD from growing up in Hollywood. Yes, that's what it is. It's like, you know, if I hear a sound... The way I turn around is different than the way most people in Agura turn around. They don't even turn around. Yeah, they're like, "What is that?" And, yeah, you know. yeah. It is. It's back back to the environment. Right. You know, your environment kind of causes a lot of things to happen for people. If you're surrounded by the energy of hatred, right, you're going to increase that hate. Right. You're not going to go combat the hate and say. You know, when you uh, raise your arms up, uh, you know, with the Hitler salute, I- I'm not uh, vi- vibrating with that. Right, you know, right. you'll get... That's low vibration. Yeah, you know, they'll, they'll be angry with you, and the right. loudest voice usually wins, unfortunately. Right. But now we're trying to get to, ironically, in life, we're trying to get to the quieter voice. Yeah. Which is what I'm getting from the universal message, if you will, 
this is supposed to be an evergreen show, but it is during the coronavirus that you're here. By the way, our social distancing is only a foot and a half, but mm-hmm. we're good. But I believe that there is a message. And my essential message is let's get quieter. Let's get more intimate. Let's get more connected. Let's get in vibration. Let's listen to our own music within us. Well, the laughter. And laughter. Right? Isn't the laughter the music? Isn't that what they say? It's music for me, man. Yeah. To me, to me, that's the jam. You know. And by the way, musicians, for some reason, love comedians. Oh, well, to me, it's, it's comedians, as far as funny, then musicians. musicians. Some of the musicians I know are some of the funniest people Absolutely. I've ever met. I was telling you about lead singer of ACDC. My, right. My, he's my son, you know, my kid's uncle, Brian, and sang at my wedding. Oh, my and, God. Uh, yeah. Did he do a ballad? He actually did. A, no no <laughs> ballad. <laughs> Your words twice, three times, lately. That's amazing. That's amazing. Wow. Holy shit. He's been a friend for years, and we met because he was in an audience. Okay. And loved the show to the point where what's odd is comedians, we really do believe we're the lowest form. Oh, that's so funny because I – It's awful. It's awful. Such reverence. I have such reverence. And we we hear that and kind of know it. Don't believe it. Our low, our low self-esteem is what propels us. No, I get it. So if I have high self-esteem, I won't be in comedy anymore. But right. So I'm actually going, oh, my God, I'm at his house. Like, he can't, he can't wait to hang out with me and tell me jokes, sing at a wedding, you know. And I can't believe that I'm with this great musician. So there's this mutual admiration club. Absolutely. A lot of musicians. Uh, well, it's also the hang. It is the hang, yeah. You know, like, it, when you're not on stage being the funny guy and we're not on stage performing... Right. There's... I think there's an instant... Oh, let's just get real. Let's just talk. Yeah. Let's just hang out. Let's get to know each other. I, I Again, in thinking out loud, I guess part of it also is if you're around comics, there's a little bit of projection that goes on if you have a distaste for something they're saying or doing. There's a little level of competition... Mm. And all of those things, it's completely clean and clear when I'm sitting right. here with you, right, 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 a right. musician. So right. as a mutual respect, is a and you're not going hack. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like musicians, I I toured with a band, you know, Kenny Loggins. No, that's and awesome. I have got to tell you, some of the things that I was gleaning from the experience was just that they. That was a time Richard Marks, remember him? Yes. Richard Marks was their mark. That was the guy that they went. You know, Aww. that was the comedian. Oh, I know. The I comedian's know. going after comedians going after another comic. You know, there's some standard. You know, the guy with the puppet. You know, they they don't like puppets. And uh, so, so Richard Marks, I will never forget. I didn't even know who he was, but the Loggins band. Oh, plenty they, of material. They had it out for him. Yeah, but it was a projection. So they got together with me, and they're doing bits and comedy. But the, you know, there's no judgment. Right. You know, it's it's clean and clear. Right. Right. So, God, we could talk for hours about this. Well, uh, you know. and, and at some point, we'll have to, at some point off this, yeah. this world, yeah. um, the time I spent with Jack Riley. Do you know who that is? Yeah, the actor from uh-huh. way I, back in the 60s. I lived with him for... Lived with Jack Riley. Five, six, uh, that's what I'm saying. It's bizarre. Lived with? Yes. I'm like the, Who's quite a bit older than you are. It 
didn't look good from the outside. I'm just telling you. <laughs> someone, tell someone what they would know Jack Riley from. Uh, he was Mr. Carlin on when Bob Newhart was a psychologist. Yeah. He was the, the grumpy guy that looked like he had a hairpiece. Yeah. But he didn't. But And he had gray hair, I think, from birth or something. I don't know. He was really funny. But Jack he Riley. was the guy that would go, hi, Bob. Like, really yeah. just stoic. Subtle. Yeah. And that's your roommate? That was my roommate did for say, five years. Did he walk in and go, hi, Ty? No, but he had some <laughs> of the funniest one-liners. He was, I mean, to Dang. see behind the curtain with someone like that, yeah. it's because he, he, he was like a saint, really. I'm supposed to wrap this up, but I, I, it got me on Jack Riley well, here. What circumstances brought you together when you're probably 30 years difference in age? Yeah, that's about right. And uh, so what would bring you together to be roommates? I was getting a divorce. Okay. And I was part-time touring. All right. So I didn't really need a place to live. You needed a place, a little crash pad yeah, while crash you're pad. in L.A. And, yeah. and an ex-girlfriend uh, of mine, when she was working for Jack as a personal assistant, I had made friends with him. And she was like, oh, you guys, you know, he's he's kind of separated a little bit. And you are, it would be like the odd couple. And, and I was like, brilliant. And his career wasn't as happening then. No, voiceover world. Right. He was huge yeah. in the voiceover world right. at that point. But a lot no. of those character actors do a lot of voiceover work. Yeah. But, but living with him, you know, we went to those parties with the Tim Conway, Harvey Corman, mm. Mel Brooks. I mean, I'm sure you know all these guys, but it's for for me. Oh, that was growing up with those royalty. guys. I mean, I think I could be funny sometimes, you know. But in in when you get a room like that, back up and watch. Don't say a word. Yeah, yeah. Don't say a word because firstly, it's not you know. It's you're going to be doing it out of ego. They're just fucking funny and naturally and kind. They'll they'll invite you in. If that you, if that, it's that like was a dog. the generation. I I admire that generation yeah. for that. I I remember my first memory in sports out in Los Angeles. I I sat next to for the World Series in 1988 when Kirk Gibson hit that home run. Next to me, the first people I hugged when he hit that home run, people were celebrating were uh, Bob Newhart and Don Rickles, Walter Matthau, and Jack Lemon. And this was now. I'm a brand new kid out here in Los Angeles, and that's who's in the suite next to me, and that's who I'm hugging and celebrating with. But they remain friends their entire lives, their entire careers, and these are the highest level. And then you you know go out to Mastros, and there's Rickles and Newhart, and they were best friends till till Rickles passed away. And 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 just, but that that's how that's how it operated then. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just hope for that now, you know. Well, I guess it's too late for me. I can't, I can't have any new friends. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it is where it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be where it's going to be right now. But uh, so one last thing. It's called Can I Help You? Can yeah. you help someone with uh, – you write a lot of songs. Yeah. Can you write someone – can you help someone with the process, the inspiration, where the creator works within you? Um, creating uh, creating a song, something new. Can you give us a little suggestion on how your process works? Yes, I'll tell you this. Um, the entire time I was drinking, I talked about all the great songs I was going to write. Mm-hmm. The entire time. And then, literally when I got sober, I became uh, a writer. 
I talked about it my whole life, and then I I got sober, and there it was. Well, you weren't doing; you were just playing. Yeah, I just. Oh, you were playing at the time. Yeah. Not writing at the no. time, and now there's much more of the. Yeah, and I haven't. I knock on wood. Uh, yeah. I haven't had any sort of writer's block mm. whatsoever mm. since I've been sober, and uh, for me, for me, I. I take myself out of the equation in the sense of after a song's done, I don't think, look, I did that. Yeah. I did that. I think, you know, thank the universe, God, whatever, that came through me that mm. that helped that because I was just a conduit. And it becomes so much easier. There's um, one of my first mentors and sponsors uh, was... Uh, a man named Paul Williams, and I only say that out loud because he's okay with it. Oh yeah, very much so. He's um, one of my close friends, by the way. I love Paul. And we have another commonality. Yeah, so, I call him my Pauly Lama. Oh my god! Don't tell me you do too. I don't. I don't. But that's. that's I always say, "Hey, Pauly Lama, no, 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 Pauly Lama." Oh my god, he's he's he's, he's one of the most brilliant people ever. He'll he'll write a song on a golf course. He's so giving. You tell him the topic, and he'll give you the yeah. And he told me, the song is already written, Ty. Yeah. It's your job just to excavate. And I, I thought he was going to say, do you believe this? It's just get out of the way. Um, get well, out of the way, clear the channel. That's, I mean, that's if part that's of it. That's the message for me is like you clear the mechanism. Yeah. As they had in that, uh, for the love of the game, love for the, that the movie. picture. Yeah. It, uh, clear the mechanism. And I loved that he did that. And you, they showed it on screen on how that's done. But really what that is is... Clear it out and let you know the authenticity shine through. Yeah. Let your higher power, your creator, yeah. is creative, right? So that's what you're saying is yeah. That's it. I literally and then you're just the conduit. I, I sit there and I think of a title, and mm-hmm. and it's a form of meditation. And I start from the title and work my way backwards. It's reverse engineering. Yeah, that's exactly how. Yeah, comedy works that, that way. You, right. You, you, and a lot line. of us, a lot of us, though, we write down our, our resentment. <laughs> <laughs> and it becomes comedy. That's brilliant. It, it's true. It's like it's actually how we clean out. Sometimes you just write ex-wife, and then it's like it's like an inventory, right? <laughs> you just write, write the resentment, and then you come up with something that is going to not sound like someone who's in the resentment, right? You know, same with writing music. Absolutely, right? Because you can't be in it to. Uh, you know, to uh, express it, you, you can't express it properly if you're still in it. That's right. But when you are free, which is the clearing out, the clearing the mechanism, you are free. Absolutely. So that's the that's the takeaway. I that's the takeaway on the. We finally got there on the Can I Help You podcast with Dr. Craig Shoemaker with our guest Ty Stevens. You know, part of the creation is also nice connections like we had here today. This was Thank fun. Thank you. This I, I, fun. I'm glad I did. I had no idea I know. what your thing was we about. We do this all the time. We just surprise that, No, I love it. I love it. And I'm good with it. I and, I, and I could tell that you would be good with it because we don't know each other that well. And then you're working on a new project we're producing here in our studio. And it's, it's, I, I loved it. It was fun to work with you, too, over the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, writing music, we gave you uh, Lee and Lee Abbott and I gave you notes and some of the things we wanted. And, and I, I got a kick. See, this is the thing we're talking about musicians and comics. I got a kick that I kind of had something to do with the music. I think it's actually one of the best moments in that piece. Wow. I do. 
I do. It takes place in Philadelphia. So we talked about a Philadelphia sound, which a lot of people don't know what that sound is, but it was a big sound yeah. in the 70s. You know, Hall & Oates, the OJ Spinners. Right, it's, you know, a, it's the strings, uh, horns, funk, yeah, strings, funks, yeah. but really big on the strings. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so you took that note, and I said, you know what the original Philadelphia sound was? A fife and drum. That's right. <laughs> because it was the Revolutionary War. Yeah. Indep- Declaration of Independence was signed there, and all the war, you know, all that. And I said, so then you listen to the music, and then you, and I, and when it came up, you know, it's like you know, horns and everything. I'm like, oh, this is so cool. It's a good song, and all of a sudden, do 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 do. I was like, yeah. hey, I I kind of wrote that. No, it's I mean, to me, it's cool because yeah. it's it's this just break that lets you, yeah, kinda, like yeah. It, and as far as a visual, that's part of the thing that I like about writing yeah. for like a show like yours is, you know, there, there, there's not as many constraints. There's certainly no lyrical constraint because there right. really isn't a lyric. No, so now I'm just having to help paint pictures with the music. Yeah. And that's cool. So. Yeah. Well, thanks, Ty. Thanks for uh, the work on that. Thanks for uh, your message here. Put it out there. So listen, uh, the messages, well, we heard the good messages, but the other message, the self-promoting one, which I don't like doing, is... Please press whatever it is. What subscribe, subscribe like, and share. So do all of that and truly share, okay? Because we're sharing here for hopefully with some value for people. It's not just about laughter, not just about comedy. This is about how we can deal with things like the pandemic or or tragedies. You know, locally here we had a fire, two fires, evacuation, with shooting, a mass shooting. Listen, stuff goes on in life, and we hope that we can help you manage through life, through laughter, through inspiration, and so on. And you can share that with others, and it's free to do that. So I'm just asking you to, you know, do all of that, okay? Just help us out. And that sounded desperate, didn't it? Okay. No, anyway. that was beautiful. <laughs> it did. That was beautiful. What's, get through it with music, ah. with Ty Stevens. I miss Hillary Duff, by the way. My son had a crush on her at five years old. I, it's, she's... <laughs> One of the funniest, sweetest kids I've ever worked with. Oh, really? Yeah, I am so happy hilarious. to hear that. She's married, though. I can't fix my son up with her. I'm sorry. He was madly in love with her at like six years old. She was, so I ended up following Hillary Duff. So I've heard a, your work. Slick, again, one of the sweetest people I've ever met. Oh, that's and so cool to hear. We'll end on funny. that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, have a good one, everybody. And uh, stay safe and keep laughing. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode and that you got something out of it. Please share this with a friend. If you can, review us on Apple Podcast. You can always reach us on Instagram at Can I Help You Podcast, Twitter at Can I Help You Pod, and Facebook on my fan page. You can reach me personally on Instagram, official Craig Shoemaker, Twitter at The Love Master, and the Facebook group Craig Shoemaker Presents. For tour dates and all else, sign up for my shoes letter. Go to craigshoemaker.com. Today's podcast was produced and edited by Sergio Navoa.